meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau in compliance with Memo EX 1063. On this week's meeting, City Council stuff. City Council stuff. Followed by City Council stuff. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Yeah. The uh, the spatial dimensions of this meeting are a little different than usual. We're in opposite places this time around. We are. It's yes. crazy. It's it's insane, Aiden. How are things? Oh, things are things are great. They could not possibly be better. No, um, you know, even though we're in different spatial uh, dimensions, we should uh, we should do attendance. Oh, we should. Yes. Well, we will. We will definitely do attendance. Okay. As we speak. Yes, because this meeting has to call it, be called to order. Oh, right. Yeah. Or did you called it to order? I did. I'm sorry. I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. I, you know, Roberts. We should put in like right in under Roberts rules of order. Pay attention to Roberts rules. We should. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So our first attendee tonight, we have Nupesh Dal. Nupesh Dal. Nupesh Dal. Oh, Nupesh Da. Dal. Dal. D A L. Dal. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see a Nupesh Dal here. Uh, well, nu- Nupesh Dal, uh, Mr. Dal, he was a brilliant mathematician. He came up with um, Frolat's theory, uh, Hakdugi's conjecture, and uh, Butts corollary. Butts corollary. Butts. Well, if, if you're finding those names a bit odd, it's because it turned out. Uh, after a brief period of fame uh, in which they thought that Nupesh Dal was going to completely overturn the field of mathematics, mm-hmm. that uh, he was actually uh, a guy, Dwight Mathiasen, a uh, 13-year-old troll. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Just coming up with silly names. Oh, that's too bad. So I thought we'd... Uh, I th- Math needs a shake-up. It does, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I think it really revitalized the math industry. Did it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the whole industry, the whole with the math factories and like the math snacks. Yeah, yeah. Mmm, math snacks. <laughs> Fractally delicious. Mmm, I'm so tasty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at any rate, um, I don't see him here though. Um, you know, yeah. Sorry, this is a little awkward. Uh, I think I mixed up the letters. Uh-oh. And a new Pesh Dal should be uh, P- Paul Deshen. That is me. Oh, if it's you, then you're here. Yeah. Well, you are here. I am here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I am present. Oh, nice. I'm so pre- I'm raring to go. You're so you're so present. 
They don't even know what present is. Yeah. That's how present you are. <laughs> uh, and and Nupeshtal is absent, um, which uh, if he doesn't attend at least three out of five meetings, he's kicked out. Okay. Anyway, our next attendee, Adgar Amnion. Yeah, no, nobody's nobody's claiming that name either. Very, he, well, it might be hard to see. He's he's actually he's a very minor Norse deity. Yeah. Uh, he's responsible for um, dinner place setting, putting out the cat litter, and the way that light shines through linden leaves on a path in, huh. on a summer afternoon. It's like a minor god. Yeah, but I mean, the linden leaf yeah. shining, that's great. Huh. I think I would be proud to be such a minor deity. Yeah. Um, is that what that shrine is for by your office? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping to get some sunlight in here and uh, and some more litter for the leopard. That's yeah, that's, it, it really needs it. That's yeah. I think why it's been so testy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. that's why people don't come down here because of the litter, like or the lack leopard, thereof. The, the, the lack of litter for the leopard. Yeah. Or as we say around here, leopard litter lack. <laughs> that's my name, leopard litter lack. Oh really? I, I, yeah. Is that in the attendance? No, no, uh, but that's my new name. Um, oh, okay. I you know this is really embarrassing. Uh, I was hoping to avoid this, uh, but I always seem to run into this. I think I've mixed up the letters uh, in Adgar Amnion. Uh-oh. So let's, um, so if we carry A. Oh, how about Aiden Morgan? That's you. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay, that's me. I'm Aiden Morgan. I'm here. And I'm can, here. So I guess we can, do we have quorum? We don't. Yeah. But, you know, we don't really need it for tonight because we don't have anything we need to vote on. Oh, nice. So we can, yeah. just, we can just talk. Yeah, exactly. We're just two guys hanging out yep. in a basement. Bad people are really glad that they're tuning into this. Oh, yeah. This meeting at the Queen City Improvement <laughs> Bureau. Well, there's, there's so much going on. Uh, there any, is. Anywhere else, but also here. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's up first? What's, well, uh, actually, the only thing on the agenda is City Council update. That's it. That's it's been it? a big week for City Council. But before we get to City Council update, we have a new theme song for City Council update. Oh, Let's hear it. All right, hang on a sec. Everybody says don't. Everybody says wait. Everybody says can't. By City Hall. Can't. Upset the cart. Can't. Laugh at the king. Well, I say try. I say laugh at the king. It'll make you cry. That's it. It's time for is, City Council update. That is a delight. Yeah? I am, I am delighted. That is the Jays with Jamie singing, Everybody Says Don't. Nice. Yeah. I found that uh, that was on the uh, WFMU blog back in like 2009 or something oh. like that. And uh, yeah. So anyways, City Council update. It's been a big freaking week for City Council. We've had uh, two City Council meetings back-to-back. Monday night was mm-hmm. the usual, the regular council meeting where they cleared up some of their council biz. Right. And then Tuesday was budget night, big budget night. Oh. So these were, I think it was a four-hour council meeting on Monday and a six-and-a-bit-hour council meeting on Tuesday night. So a hmm. lot, a lot of council. That so- sounds very, uh, what's the adjective I'm looking for? Thrilling? Counselly? Counselly? Counselly works? Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I thought we should start in chronological-ish order with uh, the Monday night meeting and talk about that. I, I am in agreement. 
with this procedure? So it was it was just a usual council meeting, and uh, there were a few things on the uh, the agenda that night. Um, there were two that were kind of controversial. Uh, one was uh, pot legalization, how the city is going to deal with that. I thought we could talk about that a little later because the one that everybody, my mentions on Twitter and the Queen City Improvement Bureau mentions on Twitter were off the hook. They done blowed up? They done blowed up over the safe sidewalk motion. Uh, what this was, it was the, we, uh, we had Councillor Bershani in here a few weeks ago, and she explained to us the deal with the safe sidewalk motion, which was this uh, plan by, uh, cooked up by her and Councillor Stevens to uh, get the administration, city administration, to uh, write a report, look at the feasibility of a bylaw to get people to shovel their sidewalks. Right. And it was based on the bylaw that they have in Saskatoon. So uh, the key points were you'd have 48 hours to shovel your walk. Uh, if you were like a chronic sidewalk not clearer and your neighbors were like, mm. oh, man, I'm totes going to fall down on this sidewalk, then uh, they uh, there could be like a city clerk. No, not a city clerk. A uh, bylaw officer dude might come by your house and say, hey, your neighbors are getting kind of annoyed, although we won't tell you who they are. Right. Uh, why aren't you cleaning your sidewalk? And if it turns out that uh, there is, um, you know, some reason for why you're not cleaning your sidewalk, they will work with you to find, like, a solution to getting your sidewalk cleaned. If you continue to flagrantly vaunt the, flaunt this bylaw about sidewalk clearing. Like some scoff bylaw. Yes, exactly, a scoff bylaw. Then what uh, will happen is they might hire a company to come clean your sidewalks for you. And then charge you for the cleaning of your sidewalks on your on your uh, property tax bill. If that doesn't work, and if you continue to flaunt the bylaw, and they get tired of sending out people, there is the option for the city to fine you. Now, fines were not set. The goal of the motion that was considered on Monday was to come up with a report about are these good ideas? What does administration think of this right. suite of bylaw suggestions? Is it feasible? Exactly. And we have to ask ourselves. Whenever there's a feasibility study, yeah. the question is, does it fees? Right. Yes. Exactly. So that's what they were trying to decide. And it was a catastrophe. There was so much <laughs> argumentation on this. Uh, I've put together um, councillors Hawkins and Findura were two of the councillors who were very strongly opposed to this. I've cut together some selections from their arguments. I've tried to I've tried to get representative arguments from Hawkins and Findura about why they felt the uh, safe sidewalk bylaw report shouldn't even happen. And I will play that now. Who? Dr. Hawkins. Thank you, Your Worship. The first place to start here is to read what's being asked. This is not a request for a report. A general report. This is a request for a report respecting the following amendments. And the following amendments are very clear that they are preparatory to a bylaw. I'm not convinced that uh, we need a bylaw. I get a lot of calls, and what I'm what I'm hearing is I'm already shuffling. I'm already doing my job. I took upon myself to get sand and go out there and sprinkle it on my neighbor, my across the street neighbor, and all that to make sure on my job, the neighbor's job, everywhere. And the onus is on me. The thing I read is uh, we've said that, that this is not fine driven. Well, I'm sorry, it is fine driven. 2B 
If upon reinspection the sidewalk is not cleared, the city will have a contractor complete the work and charge the cost to the owner's property taxes. Well, that sounds pretty punitive to me. And not only that, the person that will make that decision about whether the cost is to be charged to the property ta- owner's property taxes is a bylaw officer. I wouldn't want to put that kind of discretion on a on a bylaw officer. And what I'm being told too is that I don't need a bylaw or a city to tell me that I have to do this. I've had many calls from senior citizens who said I can't handle this. We already do that. I mean, I'm going to work, but you know, it's 50%, 75%, 20%, whatever. There are other ways of engaging Everyone in this room thinks that we should do the best we can to clear our sidewalks. And many, many, many people, I'm not going to quibble whether it's 75% or 70% or 80%, but in this city, many good neighbors, good friends, good family members help out on a volunteer basis those people who can't look after shoveling themselves. I want to work with my neighbors. I want to work with the community. I work in the community associations. I had zero calls from the community association having an agreement, a disagreement with me saying, you better support this. Are we going to be a city about good neighborly volunteers? Or are we going to be a city about neighborly vigilantes? Like, for instance, a snow angel. I've talked to many, many years ago to different cities. And it encourages me that I don't need uh, a bylaw or law to tell me that I'm a good citizen. So it, it seems to me is that we, we are becoming a police state every time we decide to do something. That says to me all I need to know that this is the kind of bylaw that unfortunately will get caught up in neighborhood disputes, will get caught up in frivolous complaints, and yes, there will be some valid complaints. But this is not, this kind of heavy-handed government regulation is not the way to go. We need to get into that and say, and we're going to be a walkable, and, and what our OCP says, then we as a city ourselves need to get up and do what, what's best. Because if, if Category 5 roads are not being cleared, well, who's going to clear it? I clear my sidewalk, but the Category 5 is not. Clear. So what I'd suggest we would do is take those suggestions. Take the suggestion from councillors about snow angels. Take the suggestions about how maybe community associations can help. Take all of those suggestions and amplify that community volunteer effort and leave aside this stuff about inspectors going out and coming out a second time and loading it onto your property taxes and then fining you. It's just not the way to encourage good civic As a community, what we're doing is that we're throwing bylaws on each other, but we don't talk to each other. And that's the problem. We don't communicate. We don't we don't know each other neighbors. We put fences up at each other at the driveways. That's not the way to go. Been excited? You are that indeed, yes. Are you excited? I I am excited. Wow, that that did not sound like it was feasing at all. That did not feasing. Yeah. Uh so you can see that the safe sidewalks uh by law um it was up against a heck of a lot. Uh, in the end, I can't remember who all voted for it. It was uh, Stevens, Brashani for sure. Uh, I believe um, Mancinelli may have voted for it as well, mm-hmm. and Councillor Murray. Oh. But that sadly was not enough for that to go forward. I, an interesting thing that happens at City Council is you get motions that come forward that are asking. I think we've talked about this before. You get motions that come forward asking the administration to prepare a report on a thing and it gets debated as though the thing itself 
were being debated. Right. And um, Councillor Hawkins was correct that this motion was um, worded in such a way that uh, it was it was about a very specific vision of a bylaw, but it was not this is the bylaw that's going to go forward. It was administration was supposed to weigh in on this. Right. And then we would have the vote. Oh, Councillor Young also voted in favor of this. Oh. Um, so, yeah, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough for it to go through. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so had a little chat after the meeting. Uh, the mayor stopped to have a scrum with the media people. I snuck in there as as a representative of the bureau, and uh, he he answered a few questions, and I thought we could play uh, the mayor's getting questions and answering them. Sounds good. We'll listen to it on 91.3 FM, CJTR, our Regina Community Radio. We will. Uh, anybody want to move on to sidewalks? Okay, I'll move no, they're too icy. <laughs> no, they're not. They're fine. Well, seventy-five percent of them. So, um, I just wanted to ask. Uh, uh, first of all, as you sat through those uh, six or seven delegations, how did that strike you? Well, very sincere. They're you know, very, very uh, emotional. Some of them, very, very sincere. No question about that. You. There was a lot of objection to this notion of it being a fine-driven system. Uh, was that the thing that tipped the scales for you? Absolutely. Uh, I, I've, I had so many calls and people um, emailing me and, and phoning me and uh, t- talking to me in the street or going to events. They would say, the, the, the problems are punitive side of it. You're going you're to find me for not cleaning my sidewalk off. I, I do believe that we appeal to people's good nature, uh, taking care of their, their neighbors. And we have great volunteers around the city. And we see it all the time that we can uh, up that and make it better. I just think the punitive side of it, and, and council agreed, is not the way to go at this point. It is not the way to go. It's, it's, I, I, I got the passion of people that were here tonight, so no question about that. But the passion I see and the anger I get on the other side is just says to me, I, I've just got to deal with this. I've got to say I, I, don't, I don't support it. So born out of this, then, is the potential. It sounds like uh, nothing formal tonight, but this uh, some sort of a volunteer clearing program, Snow Angels, is that something you favor? Oh, I would, I would uh, definitely follow. Uh, we, we actually had the snow busters that was cut the last budget last year, and I didn't like that very much, but uh, that's part of what happens. But uh, I'm hoping we can come back with a volunteer program that, that really appeals to the good nature of people, the, the highest level of, of, uh, of community, and people will say, yes, I'll, I'll participate in that. Whether it's a snowbuster campaign or Snow Angel, which is a different kind of program, but it does deal with, with volunteers helping out. But that hasn't always worked in the past, and we are seeing declining volunteer rates throughout the you know, country. Why should we expect it to work now? I'm not sure I agree that, that there's declining volunteer rates in Vagina. I think they're, you know, we're, we're pretty good when we have events happening, it depends on how you ask them what's, you know, what's, what's in it for them. Now you're saying you're going to help your neighbor in times of need. I think people would appeal to that. It depends on what you mean by that, though, right? Now, maybe in, in, in the rest of Canada there is a decline, but I, I see lots of volunteers happening all the time. We, you know, we have major events we have all the time that people volunteer to help out. We're hoping we'll do the same thing. Regarding the fines, again, um, it was pointed out that we do find people for not uh, mowing their lawns, mm-hmm. for not clearing graffiti. Those are aesthetic concerns instead of a safety concern. Yeah. Why was snow clearing uh, not a compelling thing to impose fines for? Well, I, I think that there's a, a completely different in terms of, uh, of how you take care of your property. Um, it, it becomes a nuisance with, with the noxious weeds that, that cause big issues with respect to the lawns, all those kinds of issues. Uh, so I think we're talking about a different kind of issue here. Um, it's only part of the year in, in any case. So I think that the, I'll just reflect what, what the view of council was. The idea of, of making it punitive or having fine-driven uh, is just, just, just too, it's too far. People don't want to see it. And uh, I'm not going to say that I have all the answers I know better than my residents. When residents speak with clarity, 
I'm going to listen to them. And they're saying, don't do it. Uh, I don't have any greater knowledge than they have. They don't want to do it. I'm not going to, I'm going to not pursue that. But they did accept fines for noxious weeds and for. I think they. I think they probably don't like uh, the idea of, uh, of of that. And certainly, with respect to graffiti, um, we have to look at that bylaws. That, that certainly is is difficult. But there are many people who do comply in any case. All right. So that was the mayor speaking about uh, the shoveling bylaw well. report that didn't get passed. Um, the other reporters that you heard speaking there were. Uh, Kevin Martell from News Talk 980 and Arthur White Crummy from the Leader Post, their new uh, city hall person, who's got like, I don't know, a- an awesome Dickensian name. Yes, he does. Reporter. Yes, I-, I agree. Uh, so, Councillor Stevens, one of the co-drafters of this motion, was uh, less than ecstatic about the outcome. So, um, yeah, also got a chance to talk to him. I will play that now. Talking about the cemeteries? Yes. Everybody wants to know. <laughs> These are way too high. Or sidewalks of Yeah, the dead will come alive to complain about those taxes. <laughs> All right, so uh, sidewalks. What do you think that... Uh going to say to Regina residents. Oh, well, I think we're kind of back to square one. Uh, looking at reports from 2009, 2013, and onwards, we've already seen the ineffectiveness of the status quo. That's clear. All of the evidence. So we did research with the city of Ottawa, Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, you name it, where there's an effective sidewalk clearing program, bylaw enforcement, community engagement, snow angels or some equivalent, fines, contractor clearing that's how this works again we have about 10 years of experience in the city to say the status quo doesn't work i'm happy to pick up the pieces look at community engagement that's awesome we did that already leading into this we responded to residents through community engagement processes that's what brought us here um i'm not really that interested in another report that brings us back to where we were years ago we've done that uh, anything that we can refine to improve the quality of walkability in the city in accordance with the TMP, that's great. But I think we're just kind of taking a half-assed approach to dealing with an accessibility problem. We had people here that said, it ain't working. Here's what you need to do. People from other jurisdictions, the biggest complaint is from people with mobility issues, people from Ottawa and Toronto who see better. I was hoping we could reproduce that. Is there a silver lining here that uh, we might have, say, a new program like Snow Angels? I know you you had uh, added to the original uh, motion. That's right. Is, is there hope that uh, something like that could maybe help uh, alleviate some of these problems? Well, the Snow Angels was included because we had heard from residents along the way, and then we were conducting further research with jurisdictions where, again, this bylaw enforcement system works. Snow Angels is a piece of that puzzle. By itself, it doesn't work. That's what we found. So I certainly am in favor of community engagement, but if you want a fact-driven, evidence-based policy, you'll look at what other jurisdictions do. Snow Angels, great, have it there. That's why we did it. We listened to residents. Residents also want better sidewalk clearing. So we're kind of left with, yeah, maybe it makes people call in less, fewer emails, but it's not the right thing to do, and actually I don't think it's going to be as effective. Uh, It sounds like council is inundated with calls against this motion. Yeah. Uh, How do you respond to that? Like, what what is your take on... Ah, that was interesting. I Well, one, I love it that people are paying attention to what goes on at City Hall. This was certainly by far uh, the most I've ever heard from anybody about anything we've done here. You name it. Uh, another mill rate increase last year, sanctuary access without fear city, you, doesn't matter. This was the most engaged I've ever seen people. 
Interestingly enough, if you look at what they were saying, those who read the article, those who read the motion, who were paying attention to what this means here and in other cities, were in support of it. People who read a headline and said, I don't want to be fined for this, no dice. Uh, so people that were more involved and understood the issue and maybe understood how these bylaws work, they were more supportive. Go figure. Uh, I also noticed that where support was strongest and almost unanimous when we heard from people was in the most walkable parts of town. Downtown, Heritage, Cathedral, Lakeview, and elsewhere, where people actually walk, they see this as valuable. Uh, if I were to track the addresses where I could when they come in through service Regina, I would say it's the people in suburban areas where they don't have sidewalks or where it's a matter of getting down your sidewalk to your car, driving away makes sense. They saw that as incredibly punitive. So I think part of it was education. Maybe this is a way of dealing with that component down the road. We'll talk about the education. It's a, it's a matter of compliance-driven enforcement, and then maybe we'll see a bylaw down the road. But it really was a geographic component to where people were situated in the city. We can bring this forward again and look at maybe just taking about 100 steps back and figuring out how do we improve. Uh, and maybe then the starting point is actually a Snow Angels or some kind of community engagement process. We'll do it. Um, I want to see improvements. This wasn't just for the sake of, you know, talking about sidewalks. I'm going to walk home, and the sidewalks are going to be crap. And you know where they're not going to be crap? Outside of the, the buildings that have a bylaw already in place where you're required to shovel. So I can time it perfectly, and I can tell you that 75% number is garbage. And I can tell you the bylaw works, because we'll, if you want, we'll take a walk back home, and I'll show you that bylaw works in front of the vicinity of buildings where they're required to do it. So that was Councillor Stevens speaking about the uh, safe sidewalks motion, which failed to get uh, any purchase. Yeah, not the not, meeting. not mincing words, that Councillor no. Stevens. No. An interesting observation is that uh, the councillors all said that they were inundated with phone calls and emails from people saying that uh, they don't want to be fined for not clearing their sidewalks, which tends to suggest that uh, people aren't clearing their sidewalks. Yeah, you, you notice that, hey? Yeah. Uh, you know you know what's also funny about Regina? What? Uh, I've lived in many cities in my lifetime. Yeah. Regina gets remarkably little snowfall. Oh, good. Uh, compared to other places in Canada. Yeah. And yet, these sidewalks are so much worse. Yeah. So... Go figure. We have, uh, Councillor Bershani mentioned this the last time she was here, that uh, Saskatchewan has the highest rate of slips and falls. And, uh, yeah, China's probably powering that mm -hmm. with our snowy sidewalks. Anyways, that's it. That was it for the uh, the bylaw motion. It did not pass. Oh, well. Yeah. Is it is it time for some innovative revenue tools? It is time for innovative revenue tools. Oh, I love innovative, innovative revenue tools. Since you uh, you know how to pronounce them, what are they exactly? I don't recall. Uh, I believe it sounds to me like there's some kind of tool for generating revenue in, in in a proper innovative fashion. They are sweet. They are, and I have an innovative. In, eh, I can't even say it. <laughs> I have a tool. All right. Um, yeah. So the uh, the Winter Olympics just uh, just finished up in Pyeongchang, and uh, um, yeah, the f a funny thing has been happening with the Olympics. People aren't bidding on the Olympics anymore. Uh, in uh, for the 2004 games, uh, there were 12 bids to try and get those games. Mm -hmm. For the 2000, uh, for the 2020 bid games, only five bids. Wow. Yeah, and then for the 2020 winter and the 2024 summer games, two bids apiece. 
nobody wants the Olympics anymore. Might be because like places like Pyeongchang built a uh, 35,000 person stadium for 109 million dollars, going to use it four times, tear it down because they just can't use exactly. Olympic facilities after the Olympics. So nobody wants the Olympics anymore. So my innovative revenue tool, Regina, should bid on the Olympics. Oh, fantastic! I mean, by what is it? Twenty thirty. For those Olympics, there'll probably be nobody bidding. So we can just go in there, <laughs> scoop up the Olympics. Perfect. For now, a song. You're probably saying, you're probably looking at, you know, Regina and going, but where could we have, like, say, downhill skiing? There's no, like, hills or mountains here. How can we have it here? Well, I was inspired. <laughs> I was walking past Capitol Point, and I was like, people look at the bald prairie, and they see flatness. But wow. I just see the top of mountains that haven't been dug out yet. Very nice. So, for instance, the Capitol Point hole, that could be like a really tight luge track just straight Whoa. down. And oh, we can just start imagine. digging holes everywhere until we've got like a world-class, we could do a big dig, but just everywhere. Just just world-class holes. Just world-class holes Fantastic. that people can ski down. Regina, world-class holes. Yeah. And oh, then I for speed skating, we've always got our sidewalks. <laughs> The tourist box will just flow in. That sounds, I love it. That, that sounds like a great innovative revenue tool. Cool. Okay. Well, if that doesn't work, do we have anything else? I believe we do. Excellent. And we're back. We are. I believe we innovative are. Innovative revenue tools. Oh, those are so good. Apologies to Kenton DeYoung. I forgot to load up a Regina fact. And I don't even have a Kenton DeYoung fact. Sorry, Kenton. Well, they're dependent on the Regina facts. They are. Yeah. All right, so we're still in the midst of... Oh, wait, I'm going to play our theme song again. Oh, yeah. Everybody says don't. Everybody says wait. Everybody says camp. My city hall. Camp. Upset the cart. Camp. Laugh at the king. Well, I say try. I say laugh at the king's gonna make you cry. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Or Jay with Jamie's. Nope. Or Jay's with Jamie. I, I'm not, whatever it is. Whoever I, I they are. Whoever yeah. they are, they're probably dead. <laughs> Thanks. Aiden. Yes, yes, yes. That just cheered me up. Like, like. Like zero. Like zero, yeah. <laughs> dead like Beethoven. Yeah. Um, and as talented. As, as talented. Yeah. So apparently they were they were uh, four musicians, well, four singers, and uh, they got together to sing commercial music. Ah. And uh, but they also put out like several albums back in the sixties together. Cool. They, they may they may well still be with us. They might. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not with us. We're gonna have to try and get them to come to the bureau. <sighs> I would love that. That would be so amazing. If if they were around, if they're if they're around yeah. and and they're up for uh, for a guest spot. Yeah. In our meetings. If anybody knows them. Yeah. Tell them to give us a call. <laughs> or they can contact us through our website, queencityib.com. Or on or, Twitter, queencityib. Yeah. 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 Oh, hey, uh, I have a question for you, Paul. Shoot. I have, I have a series of questions. Okay, I want to hear them. Okay, question number one. Mm -hmm. Do you like to look? Depends what I'm looking at. Fair but enough. typically, I'm, I'm always glad that I'm capable of looking. Well said. Question number two, do you like to listen? Well, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is radio, so I mean... Exactly. It would seem a little rude for like us to be 
to like you know poo poo listening when people are listening to us. Yeah, I mean that's our stock and trade. Yeah, I our, guess that's why CJTR turned down my idea for a uh, a radio show about silent movies. <laughs> Yes, that'll be it. Um, Too bad you can't see the subtitles, people, or the intertitles. Okay, question number three. Okay, shoot. Lay it on me. Do you like to lottery? Actually, I love the lottery. You like, you love to lottery. I love to lottery. Nice. Well, in that case, you will be especially enthused by CJTR's Look and Listen Lottery. Will I? Yes. It's on because it's on right now. No. Yeah, it'll give you or anybody else out there the opportunity to buy tickets to win a grand prize trip of your choosing to one of four great destinations. Oh, yeah? San Francisco, California. Good, because I hate the one in Manitoba. I know. New York City, colon, New York. Good. Quebec City, diuresis, Quebec. And Charlottetown, PEI. Short for Prince Edward Island. Right. Diuresis has to be the worst word for a piece of punctuation. I know. Generations of French immersion students laugh their butts off Mm -hmm. in grades two and three over that one. Yeah, so as did I when I was a young man. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so you can win a trip to any of those places, flight, accommodations, and 500 spending cash dollars included. How much? 500 Dollars. Huh. So what you could do is you could win a trip to one of those places, and then you could take that five hundred dollars and go to one of the other places. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you, you could. Yeah, that's a little odd, but you can do that. No, I was thinking make your make your holiday time uh, stretch it. If you if you want, I was thinking maybe you'd want to go somewhere and buy like um, like a like a gold chin strap for like your helmet, uh, as one does. Yeah, and yeah. then. You'll be you'll be the talk of the town mm-hmm. when you get back with your stories of exotic places and your golden chin strap. Where did you get that, sir? <laughs> Why, I was in San Francisco. <laughs> or Quebec City, Diaresis, Quebec. I, I, anyway, um, second prize. That's the first prize. Okay. <clears throat> second prize is a $1,000 travel voucher from Carlson Wagen Lee Rickard Travel. Third prize, Regina Folk Festival 2018 Experience Package. Uh, you have to say it like that, by the way. Oh, really? Is that <clears> like <throat> in the notes there? No, no. Make sure you do it sing-song? Yeah, yeah. Do it sing-song, they say. Do it all sing-songy like. Okay. Old-timey was the other thing. Yeah. Um, At least they're not asking you to freestyle rap it again. That was really cool of them last year. Yeah, that, that did not work out so well. well. Anyway, uh, so... The package is an old-timey style. Two weekend passes to the Rotana Folk Festival in August 2018. Team Willikers. Team Willikers. Sign me up. If you buy your tickets by March 21st, you're eligible for an initial early bird prize of a $500 travel voucher, courtesy of Carlson Wagon Lee Record Travel, two tickets to the Rotana Folk Festival series concert, and a $100 gift card for Prima Diana Boutique. That's pretty good old timey. That was right? great old yeah, timey. I'm yeah. kind of happy with that. Um, who is that old timey man? I just, don't know. He he just showed up and took the mic right out of. He just swatted the mic right out of your mouth. Very spry for an old timey man. Um, anyway, lottery tickets are only twenty bucks a pop. There are only twelve hundred available, so your odds are like one in twelve hundred. That's just fantastic. Uh, even if you buy one, 
and get another one in 600. The Might only not. thing that you have, like, better odds of doing in Regina, apart from, like, winning that lottery, is slipping on a sidewalk. <laughs> Exactly. And you could do both. Um, but don't slip because then you might be, you know. Incapacitated for your trip. Exactly. And then, uh, yeah, w and wouldn't you rather pay a fine? Anyway, um, so the draw date will occur on 9 a.m. Friday, May 4th. Tickets can be purchased online at cjtr.ca slash donate. You can go to CJTR's offices at 1102 8th Avenue, or you can call the radio station at 306 525 7274 during regular office hours Monday through Friday. And this is an important fundraiser for CJTR. It helps keep us on the air, keeping that great CJTR style content you know and love, and also get you access to Old Timey Man. That's right, me, Old Timey Man. He'll be here all month. Hey! Trying to sell you tickets. Trying to sell you tickets. Yeah. And, you know, we are actually personally selling tickets. And so we people are. can contact us via our Twitter mm -hmm. handle, Queen, Queen City IB, yep. and uh, buy tickets directly from us. And the more of you buy tickets from us, the more cool we look to CJTR. Yep. And the more likely it is that we'll come up with a cool gimmick for next week. Yep. But we don't have one right now. We do not have a cool gimmick. But gimmicks, gimmicks aplenty shall be had. Yep. Buy a ticket, get a gimmick. <laughs> And a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Buy a ticket, get a gimmick, but we keep the ticket. Oh, that's quite a gimmick. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. We won't keep your ticket. <laughs> gimmick is we take your we take your money. Yeah. And 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 run anyway. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I just want to mention that uh, CJTR has been fantastic to us, uh, letting us broadcast these ridiculous meetings <laughs> on the air. Yes, thank you, CJTR, for all your help and support yeah there are very few places that will let you goof on city council meetings <laughs> this is quite true yeah all right so speaking of goofing on city council meetings <clears throat> excuse me uh there uh there was more stuff on that monday meeting that went down i find that impossible to believe because so much already happened i know i know now uh what did ha uh, the other thing that happened at that meeting the other big item on the agenda was pot legalization uh as we all know, we've talked about this before, uh, pot, marijuana will be legal in Canada at the end of the summer. Mm. And uh, even though th that was in the Liberals' uh, platform when they ran, and it was announced shortly after they won that this is one of the first things that they would be doing, legalizing marijuana. And even though they immediately started working to legalize it and made an announcement over a year ago that it's coming, mm -hmm. uh, Saskatchewan is lagging behind, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, lagging behind all, whoa, <clears throat> uh, God, we've got to get the uh, the asbestos out of here. <laughs> and replace it with pot. Well, we can at the end of the summer. I know, we can yeah. line the walls with it uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Saskatchewan is lagging behind all the other provinces <laughs> on getting together legislation to handle, you know, how are we going to, like, distribute marijuana once it's legal? Uh, how are we going to be licensing retail joints? Uh, just recently, the province announced that they're going to be making available a certain number of licenses for retail um, cannabis stores in each community. Mm -hmm. Regina's getting six. Uh, we actually had, up until recently, 21 dispensaries selling medical marijuana right even though apparently <clears throat> the only way that you can sell marijuana legally uh medically in canada is by mail order 
I didn't know this. I didn't either. This was mentioned by counselor, uh, not counselor, by police chief Bray. So if you go, if you go in there, do they mail it from their hands to yours? Yes, and that it is the it. most reliable mail, and <laughs> no risk that the uh, the pot carrier will slip on your sidewalk. <laughs> Very good, perfect. perfect. But were he to slip on your sidewalk and break a hip, great thing for pain, cannabis. Nice. So if you see if you see incapacitated like letter carriers on your street ripping into packages and consuming the cannabis within, you've got no one to blame but yourselves. Exactly. Right. Um so we're going to get six. 21 dispensaries were open. The uh, the uh, police have said, "Hey dudes, what you're doing is totes not legal." And uh so I believe all but six something like that, have ceased distributing cannabis. They're working on uh, the rest of them. I don't know what's going to happen there. But we're going to have six licenses, six legal places, which raises the question of um, if there's enough demand to keep 21 storefronts uh, busy in Regina, how, like, those six places are going to be, like, just packed with people. There's going to be a lineup. Yeah, there's going to be a lineup, and probably high prices, too, because when you have, like, that kind of demand with that kind of limited supply... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they'll come up with like a, maybe they'll operate out of like an old Costco or something, <laughs> and it'll be like a warehouse full of like slabs of pot that you can throw in your um, gigantic cart. Yeah, your gigantic cart, along with like gigantic bags of Doritos. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. The other problem that's coming up is that the police chief anticipates that this is going to cost a lot of money. He, uh, the estimate that the police uh, department has put out is 1.6 to 1.8 million dollars to handle the legislation uh, to handle the regulation of pot in the city. The uh, the city itself is going to incur some costs uh, for things like licensing and uh, by law enforcement around it. However, the licensing process in Regina is cost recovery. So getting your business license, getting your zoning, all mm -hmm. of that stuff. Like you pay fees to get that, and that covers the cost of all that so it'll be a lot of the costs will be offset for the city but the policing is going to be the big cost and the they don't know how much the bylaw enforcement is going to cost um one of the points that was made is that with only six shops this may not cut into the black market in regina right we don't know whether that's the case uh and um chief bray pointed out during the meeting that when you have uh, when you have a legal product and not everybody's clear on where you, what's exa what exactly are the places that you can go buy it, he, his point was the black market might have a neon sign. We've already got like a bunch of shops selling pot right. illegally in town. The same thing could happen once pot, pot itself is legal. So anyways, I cornered Chief Bray after that meeting. Uh, it was passed. Council's very concerned about uh, pot legalization. Uh, they, they're not a big fan of the idea, especially Councillors Hawkins and Bryce were uh, very, what about the children? Yeah, like they're near pot all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh my God. So, I cornered Chief Bray. One of the things I wanted to ask him is why do the police think that it's going to cost so much money to legal or to regulate yeah. something that's been legalized, and so we talked for a little while. Um, so I'm going to play that here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio on the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and this is Police Chief Bray. Are you uh, 
looking forward to pot being legalized? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if I can say I'm looking forward to it. You know, as a police service, we're not, we don't speak out for or against. What we'll do is we'll try and educate based on our experience what we think some of the challenges are going to be. Um, so I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but I'm preparing for it, right? Our police service has done a lot of work. It's been probably a year and a half now that we've dug in, formed some committees with SGI, with the provincial government. Um, uh, certainly as chiefs of police around the province, we've done a lot of discussion around what this is going to look like. But as you heard tonight, a lot of it is still best guess, best estimate. Uh, we don't know what the actual effects are going to be. We're trying to make sure that we're as prepared as we can be, but uh, understanding there's some fairly significant budget costs, and this isn't something that we, it's not easy easy to pin that down. So uh, it's, it's preparation at best. A lot of this, I mean, what we do as a police service is a human service-driven industry, so it's, it's not about buying equipment. It's more about how much time does it take to do this work, and if it does take a lot of time, it's taking us away from something else that we would be normally doing. Right. There seems to be a lot of concern about the whole issue of like the whole legalization of marijuana, mm -hmm. um, but there's currently a lot of marijuana use uh, in the city at mm -hmm. present. There's a huge black market. Could you like give me a sense of? Do you guys have a sense of what the size of the black market is within the city? You know, we we I don't I don't think I can give you that. I can tell you, and I've talked about this quite a bit lately that marijuana enforcement right now is not a very big part of what we do like in fact it's a very small part and if you look at our overall drug enforcement um even in just that area, marijuana enforcement is small. Methamphetamine is big in our city. Uh, cocaine is a problem in our city. And so we tend to really focus on a lot of that. I think what's happening here is with the legalization of it, is this going to, is the presumption going to be that this is going to be even more mainstream and something that we're not focusing on right now in terms of drug investigation is going to be thrust into a public safety issue on roadway safety. Um, yeah, there are people now that drive while impaired by marijuana marijuana use. Um, I don't know that that no, is nowhere near alcohol, but once it's legalized, will that creep up? And what's the cost of that? How much effort are we going to put into that? What's the, the time in term, terms of resources to enforce it? And then the after enforcement costs of disclosure to court, court appearances by officers, those types of things. Right. If pot use is quite prevalent already, mm -hmm. um, why, why don't we already have these devices to test for marijuana impairment? Um, it, it seems to me that we currently have no idea then if there isn't already like you know uh, a significant number of drivers out there who are impaired by marijuana. Right. Well, I, you know, I, I'm not. I, I'm not an expert on on saying why we don't have that. I mean, it's the federal government that obviously makes legislative change to allow an instrument to be recognized by the Criminal Code of Canada. Okay. So, if the federal government, like e even right now, there's probably five instruments out there that do this, but nobody's purchased anything because we have to wait for the federal government to say this is an approved instrument. Because right now, when we go to court on an impaired drive by alcohol charge. We don't have to prove that the instrument we use to measure alcohol levels is passes the test that the criminal code standard or that the federal standard is upholding. It's just accepted because it's 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 placed in the criminal code, right? Mm -hmm. So that really is a is a time saver. It's just accepted by defense by prosecutions that if you're using this de this device and you have your regular maintenance checks, that is it's acceptable that that is an accurate reading of blood alcohol level. So with with regard to marijuana use, um, the science 
is, is not quite as, as advanced and not quite as accurate, my understanding is. And so these oral swab devices, while they will give you an, a reading of whether or not there's something in the body, if you want an accurate reading, you're going to have to do a blood test. So um, I think just because it wasn't legal before, that the federal government just didn't put time and effort into approving a screening device that probably arguably wouldn't be used that much in terms of marijuana detection. Um, about the black market question that came up tonight, uh, you just mentioned that you guys uh, don't do a lot uh, about like monitoring the black market currently. Right. So with legalization coming in and motions like that coming forward, does that mean now having to track the pot black market is now something new that you guys are going to be doing? Well, there there is going to be, I think, an element of that. You know, we just had a big uh, um, charge and drug bust here the other day where uh, we had three individuals charged and there was a fairly significant amount of meth char uh, that was uh, seized, cocaine that was seized, and marijuana that was seized. So that wasn't a marijuana investigation, and I would say the predominant drugs that were at that location weren't cannabis-related. Uh, but there was some cannabis there as well. So, uh, you know, I... I, the, I think the challenge is going to be going forward that because marijuana is going to be so much more mainstream, there are going to be people that say, yes, I'm allowed to grow four plants, but I think I'm going to grow 40 because I've got a group of friends who would buy it from me. I can undercut what the stores are selling it for. Um, that's going to be the stuff that's going to be tough to regulate. It is really going to be tough. And, you know, it's uh, it's really going to be hard. It's hard to measure right now. I, you heard me say that tonight. I mean, it's, it's a guess at best. I hope I'm guessing high. I hope it's not a big issue in our city, mm -hmm. but I forecast off the start, there's going to be a lot of people wanting to experiment with it now that it's legal. Okay, last question. When I was young, I remember there were like, there, there was huge concern about grow-ups, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, especially in like suburban communities and stuff. Is that a big problem in Regina right now? Do you see a lot of that? Yeah, you see it. You, you don't see a lot of it. I mean, you know, the reality is that, that right now, I, I've said it so many times, but right now marijuana is not a big thing on our radar. It's not mm -hmm. something that we're spending a lot of time on. We we tend to, most of the big drug seizures we do and the big drug busts we do are more around meth, fentanyl, opioids, uh, cocaine, those types of things. Every once in a while, we'll get one on a marijuana grow. I think last year we did 13 um 13 times we charge people with possession for the purpose of trafficking. That's not very many. We had many more drug charges relating to other like opioids and, and meth and, and those types of drugs. So um, we tend to respond to a house for a domestic dispute and find a grow up in the basement. That's the way we quite often uncover those types of things. The real fight we have on, with drugs now is, is with drugs, I would say, much stronger than, than cannabis. Right. Do you think that maybe like in a year I from know. now? You said that was your last yeah, question. Yeah, I know. I totally did. <laughs> um, do you think that like a year from now you're going to be like looking back at all the work that you've had to put into, uh, you know, dealing with pot and go, oh, man, I wish we could go back to just dealing with meth and fentanyl? Well, I, I, well, I don't even know if I hope that. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I, I hope that we're overestimating the problem. Yeah. I, I hope that's the case. I hope that our roadways remain safe, and I hope that it doesn't take up a misproportionate amount of police time and resources because there are... Like people say to me all the time, Chief, don't you have bigger fish to fry? Isn't there bigger issues in the city? I, I would say yes, there are. However, I can't say that impaired driving due to marijuana isn't a big issue because it can take a life no different than distracted driving or impaired driving by, by alcohol. So uh, I think off the start, we have to be vigilant to it. And, and again, I hope we're overestimating it. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Sure. Good to see you okay, again. Have a good yeah. night. You'll be back again tomorrow? I will be here tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, shine on my shoes and a smile on my face. Yeah, well, I won't be that perky.
All right. So that was our interview with uh, Police Chief Bray about pot legalization mm-hmm. in the city. That sounded that yeah. sounded like a very friendly. Chief. Yeah. 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 No, he's always uh, you know happy to take questions, and uh, he was a guest on here about a year ago That's uh, at about budget time. So, right. Yeah. Okay. So that was it. Uh, that was uh, the the pot by law. Well, the pot preparedness plan was passed. So we don't actually have a bylaw. All we've done now is we've officially accepted the fact that we are going to have six legal retail outlets, and now it's in the hands of administration to come up with all the other answers to all the questions like, right. what's the zoning going to be? Uh, you know, how much stuff and things right. and places. Uh, one of the big ones that they talked about is uh, what's the radius or the, you know, a, the the radius of around a school in which you cannot put a pot shop. Oh, that's a good... Like, you don't want to put, like, a pot store within three feet of a school. Absolutely not, yeah. especially not a high school in Regina. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you've got a mobile pot shop, for example, you don't want to roll it up right to the doors no. and bang, like, some pots and pans together and say, hey, kids, marijuana. Do you want a marijuana? <laughs> do you want a marijuana? Don't do... Like... They won't be able to do that for good reason. Yeah. It's illegal. Exactly. Well, there will be a bylaw, so it's not illegal, illegal anymore. It's, it's just, a, it's, you'll get a fine. It's bi-illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, I think the, the radius right now is 600 meters. Mm-hmm. Some counselors were not happy. They thought that wasn't big enough. They want they want pot shops more than, you know, six-tenths of a, of a kilometer away from a school. It's... You know, really, you couldn't even fun. walk there yeah. on these sidewalks. <laughs> You'd slip and fall. Exactly. Kids would be slipping and falling, and then you'd have to rush out and, like, like, med- like, you know, give them, like, cannabis to soothe their pain. Right. And so you're just causing the problem that you think you're solving. Yeah. Um, you know... <laughs> It's funny how all these things feed into one another, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. It's well, you know, it's it's it, it, sometimes everything just works together. Yeah, so nicely. Yeah. Okay, so that was it. That was Monday night, and we are. This meeting is almost over, and we didn't get to talk. I have two pages of notes on the budget, and uh, yeah, we kind of ran out of time. Ye gods. Um, I will just say that the budget that was passed on Tuesday night, the original uh, recommended mill rate increase was 4.78, 4.68, something like that. It was dropped down to 4.34. Uh, and that's re- remember that 2.99 of that mill rate increase is to cover cuts that the province instituted last year. And then there's 1% for residential road renewal. And then there's 0.45% to pay for the stadium, the uh, servicing, the debt servicing, and the maintenance, and the operations. Uh, so yeah, point four, uh, four point three four percent. Yeah, we can talk about that some more next week. Well, I can't wait to talk about percentage percentages of things. Yes, everybody loves that. Oh yeah, very yeah. much. Okay, I guess it's time to uh, call for an adjournment. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'll second that motion. Okay. I uh, I think that is passed. Uh, I was gonna. I was going to play us out with a little bit yeah. more of uh, the Jays with Jamie. Yeah, let's let's get a little bit of Jays with Jamie, and I'll uh, I'll do our spiel. 
Hey, you've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Uh, wow, this, this music is just too funky. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Queen City IB and also on Facebook and, of course, on our website, queencityib.com or cjtr.ca slash podcasts. You can listen to us live uh, on Thursday nights from 7 to 8 and we'll rebroadcast Monday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. What else have I got to say? Oh, yes, your hosts. They have been Paul DeShen and Aiden Morgan. And music is by Guidewire and uh, Jay and the Jamies, or whatever they were called. Anyway, they're dead now, so that's that. there's that. Uh, coming up next, we've got the Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by The Cockpit, or, yeah, with, uh, with Pilot and the Navigator, uh, followed again by the uh, smooth disco stylings of The Melt. Until then, keep on improving, Regina. Come on, be brave, this time a ripple, next time a wave. Sometimes you have to start small, climbing the tiniest wall. Maybe you're going to fall, but it's better than not starting at all. Everybody says no. Everybody says stop. Everybody says must. Then rock the boat. Must. And touch a thing. Everybody says don't. Everybody says wait. Everybody says can't. By City Hall. Can't. Upset the cart. Can't. Laugh at the king. Well, I say try. I say laugh at the kings that'll make you cry. Lose your poise. Fall if you have to, but baby, make a noise. Everybody says don't. Everybody says can't. Everybody says wait. Around for miracles, that's the way the world is made. Insist on miracles If you do them miracles Nothing to them